Guy Trump 2020 election podcast for Wednesday, October 14th, 2020, only 20 days before the most important election of our lifetime. Hello, everyone. I'm Stephen Strang. And today I wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to play you an interview that I had with um, a couple of new friends who are trying to encourage the Polish-American community to vote for Donald Trump. And they interviewed me on a radio program, and I said to them, hey, could I use this on my podcast? So I, I haven't done this very often or for a while, but I am doing more and more media. And I thought, why not? Why don't I just put this uh, on my podcast and kind of, you know, see uh, how it goes? Uh, the the uh, radio interview was, is almost an hour long, but they interviewed me about the book, and they got me to wax eloquent, and they were agreeing with me up one side and down the other, and they were so enthusiastic for Donald Trump. It was it was a lot of fun. So. Without further ado, here is the interview that I did that went out all across the country to Polish Americans trying to get them to vote for Donald Trump. Dzień dobry państwo. I am Ava Naturowicz, National Advisory Board Member of Polish Americans for Trump 2020. I welcome you from the heartland of America, Chicago, Illinois, from the fields of Wisconsin, and the Sunshine State of Florida to this very special program sponsored by WPNA Radio, the Polish National Alliance Radio. This is the second ever broadcast of the Polish Americans for Trump radio show, which will be broadcast on Polish radio stations throughout the United States and will be live streamed on the internet. As an additional note, our broadcast will soon be available to view on YouTube under the heading Polish Americans for Trump 2020 radio show. Now I would like to introduce to you my co-host, Dr. Michelle S. Pawlowski from Florida, who will introduce today's very special guest, noted author Stephen Strang, who was listed by Time Magazine as one of the top 25 most influential evangelicals in America. Thank you very much, Ava. In 1984, no, excuse me, 1944, Norman Thomas, who was a six-time presidential candidate for the Socialist Party of America said the following, the American people will never knowingly adopt socialism, but, under the name of liberalism, they will adopt every fragment of the socialist program until one day America will be a socialist nation without even knowing how it happened. Mr. Thomas warned us way back then that the Democratic Party, the Democrat Party, had adopted the socialist platform by calling themselves liberals. Now, one of the important aspects for Polish Americans to remember is the fact that most of us are Catholics and Catholics want to vote. We want to vote for people who are going to give us a reinforcement of our 
Catholic faith and religion. We are so very proud tonight to have with us a representative of Charisma Media. He is the founder and CEO of Charisma Media and author of many books on Donald J. Trump, our president. He has spoken with him, and he also knows the family pastor, Paula White. It gives me great pleasure at this point to introduce to you Stephen E. Strang, noted author and Charisma Media president and CEO. Well, thank okay. you. And it's an honor to be with you on your very second show. Uh, I have written several books on Donald Trump, but I am principally a publisher. I would call what I do Christian publishing. And when it came to Donald Trump, I was so passionate. I knew there was a story that needed to be told. And so I have written it myself. And the latest one being God Trump in the 2020 election, which is my attempt to tell people uh, how important this election is for many reasons. One is that the Democrats have, have really become socialists. You know, Bernie Sanders, who would have thought that in America an avowed socialist would get as far as Bernie Sanders got? He almost got the nomination twice until I guess the, uh, you know, the people who call the shots of the Democratic Party decided that uh, a socialist would lose. And so they got Bernie Sanders, but it's very, very serious. And as a Christian, I'm concerned about losing our religious freedoms because look how quickly some of the democratic controlled states and, and large cities were to call the church non-essential. You couldn't go to church, you couldn't take mass. There were even fines if they uh, took mass. I mean, in America where we have religious freedom, and at the same time, they let abortion clinics be open, liquor stores open, casinos in some places, but churches were called non-essential. And if ever people needed the comfort and the counsel of the church, it's during the pandemic that we've been through, or I guess in some ways, uh, you know, we're still in. And so there are many, many things that are uh, important in this election, and I try to outline them in my books to make the case of what a good job Donald Trump has done, what are the issues, what happens if the other side wins, also to understand, uh, you know, the relationship between Democrats and the and the African American community, to talk about what Donald Trump is really like, how he keeps his promises, and then also to discuss something that isn't discussed very often, and that's the spiritual aspect. You know, there's a spiritual aspect of what's going on. This is not just Democrat versus Republican. There is something much more serious going on. You know, the Bible calls it spiritual warfare. The New Testament says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And, you know, in some ways, it's almost become good against evil. You know, that's not to say all Republicans are good and all Democrats are evil. But when you allow for abortion up to the point of birth, that's evil. When things that the church and the Bible teach are said to be hate speech, that's evil. 
And there's a lot of examples. And we're at a pivotal time, in my opinion, in this country, Donald Trump, for whatever flaws he has, and I have a chapter in my book on how God uses flawed leaders through history and in the Bible, and he, he's using Donald Trump. And I personally believe as a Christian that God has put Donald Trump in this place at this time for a very specific reason. And I have a story in my book on how a Catholic holy man in the 1980s prophesied about Donald Trump. And I'll tell you that story if you want to hear it. Oh, well, definitely. may I say something here? Um, uh, Stephen, when you speak about religion to a Polish American, you're speaking to the choir. Let me tell you a little bit about Polish religious history. Poland has over 1,000 years of Christianity. And it is the home of the famous Black Madonna of Częstochowa. You probably have heard of it. Of this course. Is, this is the venerated icon of Poland, and she is the queen and the protectress of Poland. Let me tell you a little story before hearing your story, and this is the legend of the Black Madonna. The Black Madonna is a mosaic at Jasna Góra Monastery in Częstochowa, Poland. It is said to have miraculously saved the monastery of Jasna Góra from a Swedish invasion. In 1430, invaders stormed the monastery, plundering the sanctuary. Among the items stolen was this icon. The invaders put it in their wagon and tried to get away, but the horses refused to move. The Hussites, who are the invading um, uh, army, threw this portrait down to the ground, and one of the plunderers drew his sword upon the image and inflicted two deep strikes. Blood came from the cheek of the Madonna. When the robber tried to inflict a third strike, he fell to the ground screaming in agony and died. So I think this is a very dramatic uh, uh, story of how religious the Poles are. Well, the, how strong Christians the Poles are is well known around the world. It was really the Polish resistance to the Soviet Union, along with the support of the Pope that really brought down the Iron Curtain in Eastern Europe. And, um, you know, our religious freedom is very, very important to be able to worship God and serve God as we understand whether we're um, Catholic or Protestant or other religions as well. And so I'm glad that you're emphasizing this. And Donald Trump is a Presbyterian, he's not a Catholic. But, you know, in his own way, He's religious. He appreciates prayer. He, sur he surrounds himself with people who pray for him. Um, and, you know, his faith is very important to him. He was raised by a religious mother. And so this is very important to him. The other side is trying to get religion 
thrown out of the out of the public. And in a lot of ways, they're successful in terms of the media, uh, the education system. It's almost uh, not considered polite to be very religious. Religious people are funny to them. They're they're uh, a holdback of an earlier era. You know, you ha you have to be modern and progressive. But you know what? The world has gotten worse and worse and worse. And I don't know about you, but to, to me, to, to think that it's okay for grown men to go in the bathroom with little girls, there's just something wrong with that. And how did we get to this point? You know, the, we need to turn back to God. We need to go back to the church. We need to begin to understand what the Bible is really saying. Donald Trump is not a religious figure, but the Bible tells us to pray for those in authority so we can live quiet and peaceful lives and serve God. That's all we're wanting to do. We're wanting to have our freedoms to be able to raise our families, to, to do uh, you know whatever occupation or work that we do. But instead the government is imposing more and more and more, whether it's taxation or regulations or, or stopping our freedoms. And this is one of the reasons why it's so important to re-elect Donald Trump. If the other side gets in, it's going to be very, very hard for religious freedom. And, and what we saw during the pandemic with them uh, telling churches they couldn't meet or, or severe restrictions. You know, in California, they said they can't even sing or chant in church because somehow uh, germs go out in the air or something ridiculous. On the other hand, we know that if you're six feet away, you're not going to get the virus, even if somebody's sick with the virus. I mean, it's ridiculous, in my opinion, on how they've taken, you know, a genuine health crisis that affects not only America, but around the world and have politicized it and trying to attack Donald Trump, who, in my opinion, has done a magnificent job as a leader. First of all, having the foresight to shut down entry from China. He did it on January 31st. They didn't even give it the name COVID-19 until February 11th, 11 days later. At the time, he was roundly criticized by the Democrats who called him a xenophobe that he didn't like Chinese people. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, who should be a good Catholic, but I won't comment on her, on her other than to hint at what I'm trying to say. You know, she said you should go to Chinatown and hug a Chinese person to just show how, you know, you're not going to believe all this stuff about a virus coming out of China. Well, boy, they changed their tune pretty quick. And then they were telling, criticizing Donald Trump for not doing it soon enough. So, you know, he's damned if he does and he, he's damned if he doesn't. And I bring all this out in my books and try to make, try to set straight some of the, the narrative the propaganda, the political agenda of the left who criticized Trump at every turn. You know, if he walked on water on the Potomac, the Washington Post would criticize him and say he couldn't swim. You know, it's just like <laughs> nothing that he does that they won't attack. But we, the people, have the right to decide who we want to be president. I hope people will turn out and vote.
And if you're traditional, if you think America, you can get all your friends to vote, you need to take people to the polls. The other side is very dishonest, or I should say some of the people on the other side are very dishonest. They've been known, you know, here in Florida where I live, there was a close election for governor. And uh, wouldn't you know that a bunch of ballots showed up in a box in the trunk of a rental car after the other side was winning. This happened in California too in the 2018 uh, midterm election. Some Republican incumbents who'd won for years won after they counted the ballots uh, from the polls. But then wouldn't you know, they found a whole bunch of ballots that hadn't been counted and that got the Democrat to win. Now, I don't live in California. I don't know all the facts. You know, surely that's got to wind its way through the, the court system. But on the surface, it looks very, very dishonest. And we've got to be careful that we don't allow the other side to be dishonest. We need to have a fair election. I personally believe that Donald Trump is going to win, but there's no certainty. And one thing is, if our side stays home, if they're intimidated, if they don't vote, if they're not strong, the other side is aggressive and going door to door and trying to get people to register to vote in some state. This is really going to boil down to about seven different states. Donald Trump only won by three states last time in uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, which he was not supposed to win. He won by a total of 80,000 votes in those three states all put together. That is razor, razor thin. So it, this election is very important. I have a podcast called God, Trump, and the 2020 election. It's on the Charisma Podcast Network, or you can Google it on iTunes. Uh, and I say every day we're counting down the uh, days to the election. The day we're recording this is 22 days until the election. And I always say it's the most important election of our lifetime. You're so right. Stephen, you are so right. We said in our first broadcast that President Trump has accomplished more in 47 months than Joe Biden has in 47 years. He signed the biggest package of tax cuts and reforms in American history, which resulted in billions of dollars pouring back into the U.S. He approved new pipelines making the U.S. energy independent, created millions of jobs, stood up to the abusive trade practices of China. He eliminated the founder and leader of ISIS, the most ruthless terrorist organization anywhere in the world. And when the COVID crisis hit, he launched the greatest national mobilization of our country since World War II. He's opened up freedom and liberty and unleashed American greatness. Those are so I agree with you 1,000%. And <laughs> very, very well said. Yes, absolutely, Ava. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Stephen, I'd like to get back to your story. You were going to tell us before while we transitioned into talking about Our Lady of Chenstohaba, you were going to relate something uh, to us, which was very, very significant. Yes, and interesting. I'm glad to tell you the story. You know, when Donald Trump was running in 2016, there are a number of Christian leaders who are godly people, they're spiritually sensitive, and they felt that the Lord had told them that he had raised up uh, Donald Trump 
like he raised up King Cyrus in, in the Old Testament. Remember, King Cyrus was a pagan king who God used for the children of Israel to go back to Jerusalem. So God used a pagan king, not a believer, a pagan. And in somewhat the same way, God was using this sort of secular, you know, a little bit crass businessman for his plans and purposes. And while I was researching and writing my book, I found out on YouTube about a Catholic holy man. His name was Tom Zimmer. He was from Melbourne, Florida, but and he died in 2009. But he spent about 35 years in Italy. And he, he must have had money because he didn't work. And he did nothing but go to mass. They said he went to mass 100,000 times. For a while, he was in the Vatican for a number of years. And then later he moved to uh, Loreto with where the House of Mary is. And he was known as, he became known, you know, as he got older, because he, he died in his upper 80s. He became known as the Hermit of Loreto. And this Catholic priest named Father Giovanni, who's actually from uh, Rhode Island, uh, he had gone over to, he went over to uh, Italy uh, several times a year. And on one of his trips, he actually met, met this old man, a friend of his named uh, Dr. Claude Curran, who's a doctor in uh, Boston, uh, knew him. And when Dr. Curran was in medical school, he actually went to medical school in Rome. He's a very, very devout Catholic. He hung around the Vatican and he got to know this old man. The, the old man kind of befriended him. And at the time they were, they were doing something with Peter's door. And you'll have to forgive me. I probably am gonna get this wrong, but they were maybe bricking it up for some reason and you could buy a brick and put someone's name on it. And, and people did this so that the prayers at all the masses and so forth, they would pray over this. And this man, uh, Tom Zimmer, told the young Dr. Curran, he said, there's a man, there's a businessman in America named Donald Trump who's going to lead America back to God. And Dr. Curran said, you mean the New York Playboy? And the old man said, <laughs> yes. And he said, not only that, I believe it so much that I've purchased a brick with his name on it so it would be prayed over. Now, later on, the story goes that uh, this was in the 1980s, in the mid-1980s. In the late 1980s, he predicted, he prophesied that the Berlin Wall would come down. In fact, he paid someone to do like 100 masses about that or something. And Dr. Curran said he has very clear recollection because it was the same time that his mother died. So he can remember, of course, when his mother died. And it was about a year later that this came to pass. So Dr. Curran, you know, obviously believed him. He didn't really do a lot with it. Fast forward to 2014, 15, when Donald Trump kind of emerged on the political scene as running, and then he won. And he went to his priest and he said, you know, I remember this story, but you won't believe this, what happened. Old man, the hermit of Laredo, he's that a businessman named Donald Trump would lead America back to God. And his priest believed him. Now, I say this in the book when I tell the story. 
to, it's impossible to prove this. Um, but, you know, Tom Zimmer is dead. You basically have to believe Dr. Kieran's story. You know, this was a conversation between two friends. I interviewed Dr. Kieran a couple of times, one time for an hour and a half on the phone. As a journalist, I know that when people are making things up and the press shows up to write about it, people disappear quicker than you can snap your finger. Dr. Kieran was very happy to talk about it. So for me, that gave me credibility. Now, Father Giovanni, I asked him, I said, did he lead America back to God? And he said, and he was a very strong Trump supporter and a very, very strong advocate of pro-life. He said the instant that he uh, defeated Hillary Clinton, he turned America in a small way toward God. And I just thought it was an interesting comment. But uh, you can go on YouTube and Google this. You can see the same video. So I researched it. Some other people had researched it and felt that it had validity because they said, how does the church look at prophecy? Number one, it needs to come to pass. Well, Donald Trump did get elected. Number two, does it disagree with church dogma or the word of God? The answer is no. Number three, was this a good person? Well, this man was so good and so devout and that they called him a holy man. I mean, he didn't make that up for himself. Other people called him that. So according, so this person who was kind of a Catholic scholar kind of gave it a clean bill of health. So I did a podcast on it, uh, on the Charisma Podcast Network. My podcast is called The Strang Report. I, I don't think I ever got a bigger response. And not only that, but I told, I wrote an article to go with it and had the link for the website. And later on, I talked to the guy. In fact, we kind of became friends on the phone. Uh, he was a historian and he wrote some wonderful books. I actually read one of them. I was so fascinated with him. But he said he couldn't believe that his website blew up with all the people hearing about it and going and checking it out. But I just thought it was a wonderful story. That's why I included it in the book. And, you know, here's the point. Does God care about what happens to America? Does God have a plan and purpose for America? I believe that he does, going all the way back to our founding. And um, and I'd like to believe, you know, the Bible says that, that God raises up leaders and, and puts leaders down. I'd like to believe that God has a plan and purpose for America. I personally believe, and I make the point in my book, God Trump in the 2020 election, that God somehow has his hand on this man who sometimes tweet things that make us cringe. But you know what? When it comes to the policies, the policies are right. Uh, I've mentioned the religious ones. Those are the ones that are important to me as a Christian, but also trade and the border and, and even the Mideast peace plan. He's been a very strong supporter of Israel. You know, the Bible says that God will bless those who bless Israel. And, he's, and the United States has blessed Israel for many, many years, going back mainly to Harry Truman, who uh, you know recognized Israel almost instantly after they declared their independence, and uh, Donald Trump has a very, been a very strong supporter. And now we're getting peace in the Middle East. You know these peace accords with Israel are historic, and that's because of Donald Trump. He's also stood up to the Chinese, which I think is very, very important. You know the Democrats have just well, the Republicans too under Bush and so forth just kind of rolled over and played dead and they let the Chinese steal from us. Uh, 
you know, steal our patents and everything else, take business away from us, steal jobs. And Donald Trump has reversed that. And uh, we need four more years for him to, to do more. We need a strong leader like Donald Trump. That's why we have to do everything we can to get him reelected. Oh, you, you, you know, Stephen, so right. you are so right. And I wanted to get your opinion on something that has really upset me. And that is the selection of Kamala Harris as a vice presidential pick because she has an even worse record than Joe Biden, if you can imagine that. And she's the heir apparent. She represents the most extreme radical element of the Democratic Party and was voted the most liberal senator in the U.S. Congress. She's going to repeat the disaster she caused in California. Law and order was non-existent when she was attorney general. Even Joe Biden, when he debated with her, said that due to her incompetence, over 1,500 prisoners were released back on the streets of California. She advocates for the elimination of private health insurance plans. She's threatened to put parents in jail if their children are truant. She encouraged people to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which bailed rapists, assaulters, and murderers out of jail. She even said she was open to giving terrorists and rapists the right to vote from prison. And can you imagine that she could be a pulse beat away from the American presidency? Well, this is very, very serious. The last time we had a situation like this was 1944 when um, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was very close to death. Everybody knew that, you know, he died about maybe three months after the inauguration. And so when they put in Harry Truman, who knows why they picked this haberdasher from Kansas City who wasn't even very well known. I, I believe that God has his hand on it because Harry Truman was a tough old Missouri, he was like a Missouri mule and stubborn as could be. And he, you know, he, he led us through a very, very difficult time. But it's similar in the sense that everybody knew that Roosevelt was dying. And of course, Truman served, you know, just about his entire term and then was reelected. Uh, Joe Biden has some level of dementia. My mother is 92 years old. I visited her today. God bless her. You know, she's fading. And I've watched this over the years. And, you know, he's very old. He said he'd only be one term president as it was. He could have a heart attack. He, you know, who knows what could happen. Now, why did they pick her? Yes. Because it's identity politics. So she's a woman. Remember, they didn't even try to get the most qualified person. They wanted to get a woman. Then they wanted the to get a woman. woman. Yes. The and worst woman in the U.S. Senate. I, I agree with that. I mean, the Democrats are bad, but she's the worst of the worst. And yes, it's like is. they're appealing to the far, far, far radical left. She's also claims to be an African-American. She's really not. Her uh, mother's from India. Her father was from Jamaica. They did not come up through the African-American experience that like Martin Luther King and all those, because the Bible says there's one race, the human race. And so people have different ethnicities, 
not different races. And I'm trying to uh, change the way I speak. And I think our whole culture ought to change the way. There's one race. It's the human race. God created us all. We all bleed the same kind of blood. And if we're sick in the hospital, we can take a transfusion from anybody who's got the same blood type. But Kamala Harris shows you where the Democratic Party is going. She's relatively young, especially compared to Hillary Clinton, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, who's older than all of them, I think. She's relatively young. Uh, she's winsome in her in her horrible way. She's winsome and uh, she's a good talker. You know, she she knows how to plead a case before a jury. But you're right. Her her record in California is horrible. And, you know, I don't know if I should say this. Maybe I shouldn't. But it's fairly well known that she slept her way to the top of politics. That's how she started her career. I don't even think she hides that. Now, does anybody mention that? No, but I think that's a real character issue that that shows you a lot about the kind of person that she is. On the other hand, the Democrats are talking about Donald Trump's character all the time. What? You know, he's mean to somebody. Well, he's mean to people that are bullies to him and are probably part of the deep state. You know, he's a dis disruptor or or. You know, they don't like the fact he's got a couple of marriages. I mean, I'm a strong advocate of marriage. I really am. But you know what? That was a long time ago. Meanwhile, he's got a character trait almost no other politicians have. He keeps his word. You know, I have a whole chapter in my book, God, Trump in the 2020 election, called Promises Made, Promises Kept. All the other pro uh, politicians, if they're Republican or Democrat, they say one thing at election time and when they get in they do practically nothing to do it donald trump yes, has right. not only once or twice right. but again and again and again that is strong character as far as i'm concerned you are so correct you know when i think about donald trump i believe that everyone knows based upon looking at him holistically that he is the one. It's our responsibility to help educate the public so that they understand that he is the one. He is the person we have to elect to for four more years because without him, we will go down the road to socialism. And that's not what we want when we are a land based upon freedom. The and right Poland to vote. Poland knows better than almost any country in the world, what socialism and communism will do, because really socialism is just one notch less. In fact, somebody said that a socialist is a communist without a gun. And I thought <laughs> it was kind of a joke. I thought there's some truth in it. They believe the same thing, but the communists uh, get power with military coups. Socialists tend to try to do it through the uh, election process or stealing an election or getting appointed or who knows what they do. And it's happened again and again. It's happened in Venezuela. In fact, I have a, a whole section in God Trump, the 2020 election about what actually is the short section, but I make the point about Venezuela. And Michelle knows uh, the man, uh, uh, Mr. Michael Sabga, 
who actually I met the same place I met him at the Trump Club in St. John's County, Florida. And we were talking and he was very vocal and he was speaking up about Venezuela. And I sought him out because I, I said, I need to understand how can you have 10 million percent inflation? I just don't understand how it operates. But we kind of struck up a friendship. I later did a podcast with him on my Strang Report podcast. And what he said was, you know, he's, he, he, he explained what happened in Venezuela, which they say was the most prosperous country in South America. I've never been to Venezuela. I have been to Brazil three times. And I consider Brazil very prosperous. So in my mind, I'm saying Venezuela was more than this. But then there was the civil war in Colombia. There were the warlords. A lot of people fled Colombia through a porous border. They ended up in Venezuela. They were poor. They set up slums around the city. After a while, there got to be more and more and more of them. They wanted the government to take care of them. Chavez came along. He promised them everything. They voted him in. Then Chavez took over the oil industry. You know, one thing happened, one thing and another and another and another, and the country plummeted. Now, America's got more safeguards. It's a stronger, more prosperous country. I don't think it would fall as far. But if we fall at all, then America is not the great defender of democracy in the world that we are. We're like the, we're like the policemen of the world. In fact, in a way, I kind of don't like that because it's my taxpayer dollars paying for all that. Thank God Donald Trump says to Germany, hey, we're defending you. Why don't you pay to defend yourself? And, uh, and same thing with Saudi Arabia. And they said, oh, nobody ever asked you to do it. Here's a billion dollars. Thank you very much. I mean, good for them. But the thing is that when there's a cop around, you know this on city street. If there's a cop around, all the bad guys stay away, or they or they're real quiet and act like they're good. The cop leaves. All the all the thugs, the robbers, the druggies, they all come out right away, and that's going to happen. There's a lot of bad actors in America that will come to the surface if America is weakened. The left doesn't think America is essential, uh, exceptional. The left thinks that America is just one more country, and not only that, but it's an oppressor. It's bad. We need to dismantle what's there. We need to pull down the statues. We need to change all of our institutions, including religion and the church and everything else. We've got to remake everything in a communist, uh, like the communist manifesto would say. You know, they did this in Russia. They changed St. Petersburg, what was it, to, to Leningrad? And then after the fall of communism, of course, they went back to St. Petersburg. There's lots of examples of that. You know, you wonder when that's going to happen in America. They're already complaining about things with, uh, with uh, religious names. I'd like to know what they're going to do with San Francisco and Los Angeles or Corpus Christi, Texas. You know, I mean, things are so tied to the church, especially, you know, in the early days when a lot of these places were named. But there are people that want to, they want to exterminate Christianity from the public square and uh, in some ways almost make it illegal. It's happened in other countries. We, it seems impossible that it could happen in America, but we, we see that there is the possibility and we need to nip it in the bud at this election.
You are the most articulate speaker I have ever heard to talk about that and frame it in a nice cohesive package so that people can understand what's going on. What do you think, Ava? Well, I think that as we both discussed, Michelle, this is the most important election in American history. The sides are drawn. The distinctions couldn't be stronger. And we need to say and say again to our Polish American listeners that they need to vote. They need to vote early. Early voting has already started in many states and to sign up for an absentee ballot. Each and every Polish American should take it upon themselves to vote for Donald Trump. Yes. Now, Stephen, I'd like to ask you a question. You had the experience of interacting with President Donald Trump. You know his pastor, Paula White, and you've written four wonderful books. Can you give us a summary of those books and how the public can attain copies of them so that they can become further educated to understand what you have talked about together with Ava and I, with Ava and I at this program this evening? Well, thank you. The first book was called God and Donald Trump. It was after the 2016 election. And I felt that there was a God story. Some of the things I said about Cyrus, about God raising him up, you know, they don't talk about this. Uh, you know, even the conservative writers don't. And I, I told, is in God and Donald Trump is the one with the story about the hermit of Loreto, Tom uh, Zimmer. I have referred to it in a couple of the later uh, uh, books as well. And then a year later, I wrote a book called Trump Aftershock. That's the longest, probably most scholarly book of the bunch. And it documents how the left went insane after the earthquake of Donald Trump's election. But also there was an earthquake in terms of what happened in Washington. I have a whole section in the appendix on the 500 things that Donald Trump accomplished in the first 500 days. The third book, is God Trump in the 2020 election, the book we're talking about. And then COVID-19 happened, the whole publishing supply chain was disrupted. We didn't know what was gonna happen. So I wrote uh, God Trump and COVID-19 on how that would affect the election and trying to help the reader understand how it happened in China. Try to understand why in all my books is kind of like, where is God? And only initially. Now, of course, it's in not only digital, but audio and, of course, in print. The easiest way for people to get the book, in my opinion, is to go to my own website, which is stevestrangbooks.com. That's my name, Steve Strang. There is no E on the end of Strang. And then the word books with an S. And there they can get all the books in bundles. When I went to the Trump Club, everybody wanted to buy the books and bundles. I came back and told the staff, hey, we need to do this on the website so they can get a really good price. Also, all the books are signed. Uh, I, I signed about 100 books this afternoon uh, before I left the office uh, because, you know, a lot of people like a signed book uh, by an author. So I encourage people to do it and study and read for themselves. The books are well documented. There's like 600 footnotes. I try to make the argument in a, in a clear way. The reader absolutely knows my opinion. 
but I try to make the case, you know, like you referred to a minute ago, so that people can decide for themselves. You know, what kind of country are we going to live leave for our children and grandchildren? You know, I think of my own parents who lived through World War II. My father was a World War II veteran. You know, if Nazism had taken over, the world would be a very dark place. We'd be in the dark ages again. They work to give us, uh, uh, you know, a wonderful world to grow up in. I grew up in post-World War II America, which was prosperous and uh, continues to be prosperous. America is still a great country. Sometimes it looks like things are getting worse and worse, but you know what? America is still a good country. I believe the American people are good people. I think that they see what's going on. There are a lot of liberals who would disagree with me on things like abortion or same-sex marriage or maybe some other issues. Maybe they disagree on gun control. I'm a very strong Second Amendment person, but we could disagree. But they are concerned that the, their own party is going so socialist. They don't want their taxes to go up. They don't want to have to worry that their store is going to be firebombed if somebody is upset at something that happened. And I think that a lot of these people are going to end up voting for Donald Trump, some of whom have never voted for a Republican before. And uh, we could just hope and pray. On the other side, on the other hand, the media is so against Donald Trump. The only message they seem to have is that Donald Trump is awful. He's a xenophobe. Uh, he's a misogynist. He's a racist. You know, he's none of those things. You know, he has terrible tweets. He has terrible character. You know, Donald Trump is awful and you shouldn't vote for an awful person. I mean, that is almost their argument because they have no policy and plan. They won't tell what they're going to do. You know, this whole thing about packing the court is very, very concerning. It's horrible to see the way that they're treating Amy Coney Barrett, who is a good Catholic, by the way, and really follows her faith. And uh, one of the senators says, oh, your dogma is showing. You know, like if you have no. faith, you shouldn't be on the Supreme Court. Humanist, atheist, to be qualified to be on the Supreme Court, because you know for sure how those people are going to vote. And they're not going to vote for godly values. They're not going to vote for traditional values. And they don't. Their votes are very, very uh, predictable. There's only a couple of them, John Roberts being one, uh, Anthony Kennedy before him, who were who kind of swing voters. Otherwise, the liberals always vote liberal. They just do. And that's why we need somebody like Amy Coney Barrett. Thank God that she uh, has been nominated. Thank God is happening before the election. And thank God it looks like she's going to get through. But it's probably going to get pretty nasty before it's over. Well, Stephen, Stephen okay. uh, we are very, very fortunate to have gotten you as our first guest on the radio show. We are very, very lucky to have you. And we are thrilled that you were able to join us and uh, present your views uh, to the Polish-American community. I think Absolutely. we should thank, thank uh, Stephen Strang very, very strongly from both of us and from the Polish-American community, Michelle. Yes, Ava, but there's something else that is unique that Stephen has knowledge about, 
And that's numerology. I have heard him speak about this, and it puts chills up and down your spine, chills to know that God is watching over us. Stephen, can you talk to us about numerology and Donald Trump? Well, I'm glad to. I'm not an expert. I've never really studied it, but I have been interested in some of these coincidences. And I think that you have to at least go, hmm, I wonder what God is up to. Some of it is signs in the heavens. You know, the Magi followed signs in the heavens to find the Christ child. And even though we Christians don't believe in astrology, there are things that happen. Uh, I'll just give you an example. You've heard of a blood moon. This is really a solar eclipse mm -hmm. of the moon where it looks red, so they call it a blood moon. The day Donald Trump was born, uh, June 14th, 1946, was a blood moon. The middle day of his uh, term, January 20th, 2019, was a blood moon. Uh, uh, about a month after he was inaugurated, there was the solar eclipse that went, started up in the Pacific Northwest for that. It was like the longest eclipse of my lifetime. And the last time that happened was 1776. Isn't that interesting? And then when you come to numbers, a lot of Christians put uh, symbolism on the number seven, you know, seven days in the week that God created the earth. They call it the number of perfection. So Donald Trump, when he was inaugurated January 20th, 2017, he was 70 years, seven months, and seven days. If you go from the day of his birth in June of 46, if you go 700 days forward, you end up on May 14th, 1948, the birthday of the state of Israel. When he defeated Hillary Clinton, it was in the Jewish calendar year, 5777. He beat Hillary by 77 votes or electoral votes. So it just kind of goes on and on. And I did not come up with these. My research, I uncovered them, I interviewed, I found out about it. And I just thought, you know, it just shows that there's made, there's made supernatural about what's going on. And maybe God is sending us some kind of signs. You know, Donald Trump, seven days when he was inaugurated. But I just think that it's a, a coincidence uh, too big to ignore. Well, that's fascinating. I've never heard that before. And uh, it gives you pause to think. Is that possibly going to be in one of your new books or is that in any of your books? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what I just quoted is from the new book, God, Trump and the 2020 election, which uh, they can get at stevestrangbooks.com. Notice how I just kind of slid in that promotion. Beautiful way to end, Stephen. Thank you very, very much. Yes. Stephen, we, we want to thank you so very much. And on behalf of the Polish National Alliance, Alliance Radio Communications, and the Polish American Congress, we believe that you are giving our listeners a new insight into why it is so important to follow through and vote for Donald Trump. You know, we've spoken on our first program the fact that Donald Trump has followed up on the promises that he's made to the Polish people. 
and Ava has talked to them about before. Do you want to remind everybody about those promises, Ava? Uh, there are so many, but the, the main thing is the promises that the president makes are the promises that the president has kept, each and every one of them. How many politicians do you know that could say that? You're correct. You're correct. And you know, this reminds me that in my second book, Trump Aftershock, I have the speech that he gave in Poland. Uh, would this have been 2017 or maybe early 2018? Remember when he went to a G7 meeting in Germany and ev everybody was talking about how he was a buffoon and all the other world leaders would make fun of him. He ended up really emerging as a world leader. All the other leaders were hanging around him and hanging on to his every word. But on his way, he went to Poland. He made one of the most beautiful speeches about freedom that I've ever read. It was so important, I included it in the book. So, uh, and I have some pictures in the book of him with the uh, Polish president and some, you know, on that trip. So there is a tie between Donald Trump and Poland. And he is a very strong advocate of freedom and so are the Polish people, the Poles, just really, really resonated to what he said in that speech. That reminds me of our former Pope, St. Pope John Paul II, who said, do not be afraid. Polish Americans out there in our listening audience tonight, do not be afraid. Remember, you have the spirit, the spirit within us and the power. What power? The power to vote. You know, that is the most important freedom that we have in the United States. That can be robbed from us. We do not need a socialist elected president of the United States. We need a person with the strength, the willpower, the courageous ability to bring people together to fight for religion. That is President Donald J. Trump. Ava? Yes, it is. Donald J. Trump. Listeners, please vote, vote early, sign up for your absentee ballots. This is the most important election in American history. We cannot lead this country into socialism. We cannot have Kamala Harris, the worst senator in the U.S. Congress, one pulse beat away from the American presidency. It would be a disaster. So please, listeners, vote early, sign up for your absentee ballot, or on election day, please vote for Donald J. Trump for president. Stephen, one more time before we close out with tonight's broadcast, would you like to give that website to everybody on terms of how they can order your books? Uh, yes, and there's also other information about how they can connect with me or subscribe to Charisma Magazine. It's stevestrangbooks.com. That's my name, Steve Strang, and the word books.com. And also, if they're interested in my Strang Report podcast, it's on all the podcast apps. But the easiest way is the Charisma Podcast Network. And um, it's really, really growing. In fact, I just passed 4.6 million downloads in 2020. And uh, maybe I can talk to you afterwards. I may be able uh, 
to get this interview and run it as a podcast. That would be a lot of fun. And I've done that with some of the media interviews I've had. And it's just another way to get out the word. We've got to get out the word. This is not about selling books. It's not about selling magazine subscriptions. It's not about podcasts. We just have to use every means we can, whether it's radio, TV, or certainly face-to-face. You know, all of us have a lot of influence over 10 or 20 people that we interact with regularly at work or church or our, our extended family. We can influence them. And I believe that my books give you uh, fodder, let's say, of how to make the case. In fact, in one section, I even give some talking points on what to say to your crazy relatives. And I have a few of them, unfortunately, <laughs> who are very left wing. They hate Donald Trump and they just rant. And you're, and you're stuck at Thanksgiving dinner. Now, Thanksgiving, the election will be passed. Hopefully Donald Trump would be in. And you know, we haven't talked about this at all, but there's so much unrest. You know, I'm concerned that if and when he wins, there's going to be a, a certain amount of unrest. I really think that we need his law and order uh, stance. And, um, you know, there are parts of America where there's law and order. There's other parts where it's just like Portland, where they just let the criminals run wild. And that's very concerning. You know, I that's why I don't live in Portland. Well, there's probably several reasons I don't live there, but that's certainly one of them. And we don't want the rest of America to become like Portland. Thank you very yes. much, Stephen. I have to say on behalf of President Frank Spula, President of the Polish National Alliance and the Polish American Congress, we wanna thank you so very much for giving us your time to help make this special program possible. And remember- well, thank you. It was a privilege and uh, I've done a lot of media, but never with national Polish radio. So <laughs> this is a new experience and I enjoyed it. You guys are great. You do a great job interviewing and I hope your radio program is very, very successful. And I believe that it's an important part of what all of us have to do all over the country to persuade people to vote for Donald Trump. Yes, remember to vote Polish Americans, vote Donald J. Trump, president for four more years. Thank you so very much. And we look forward to seeing you on our next program. And we look forward to seeing all of you at the presidential inauguration in Washington, DC. Absolutely, absolutely. Remember, we have a drawing for the black tie and boots ball the evening before the inauguration. Remember to send in your applications to our special uh, email site, which is mogul at donaldjtrumpforpresident.org. Okay. Thank and you. Steve, we, we want you to sign up as well, because we would love to see you there at the presidential inauguration. I hope you enjoyed that. And I really uh, appreciate the fact that you listened all the way to the end. <laughs> if you're hearing this, I know that you went to the end. And I recently looked at some statistics that the average is 86% of my podcast. So here you listen to the whole thing. And this podcast may be the longest one I've ever done. But I can. I hope you know that 
Uh, I'm very sincere in my admiration of Donald Trump. I'm very sincere in my belief that America is kind of at a tipping point and that this is a very important election. If you haven't read my books, I hope you'll go to my website, which is stevestrangbooks.com. That's my name, Steve Strang, no E on the end of Strang, and then the word books with an S. And there you can get special prices, bundles, and every book is autographed personally by me. I hope uh, that you'll take time to read them. I, I worked hard on them. It's my way to try to get out the word that we've got to vote Donald Trump back into office. We need him for more, four more years. We really, really do. And remember, November 3rd, only 20 days from now, is the most important election of our lifetime.